Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Fixin' to Talk Sports. I am your host, Ryan Brown, and today I am joined by a pair of guests. We've got both of the Dans. We've got DS and DR in the house for this episode. Fellas, how are we doing? Hey, pretty good, Ryan. How about you? Not too bad. Happy to be here. Happy to talk uh, socks. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully you'll be better <laughs> next time we're talking about them. <laughs> yes, indeed. We are here to talk some Boston Red Sox baseball. And this, this may turn into a therapy session, event session, something in between. Who knows? Because things are not looking too great at the moment for our Red Sox. They currently sit at 11 and 19 as we record on May 11th of the year 2022. And unfortunately, that is good for dead last. Yes, you heard me correct. Dead last in the American League East. Even worse than the Baltimore Orioles. Sad boy scene they are already 11 games back of the new york yankees and things aren't looking too great in general uh we we can start in a a myriad of places but let me get your guys's initial thoughts on how the season has gone so far uh dr I'll let you start. What what have been your thoughts, initial takeaways so far on the 2022 season for the Red Sox? Yeah, it almost seems like the the areas of concern um, have been better than expected, and the perceived strengths of this team have um, simply been weaknesses. Um, looking at this lineup, I think going into the season, I, I, I think I and um, a lot of people thought that this team would put up a lot of runs. Unfortunately, that has not been the case uh, aside from three players. Um, those three players are the only three who have batting averages above 225. Um, you're just not going to win a lot of games, not, not putting up uh, that many runs, especially when, um, you know, as good as um, or better than expected as the, the rotation has been, um, that's just not going to be enough. And that's where we're seeing. And that's why it's been a tough watch to this point. Yeah, I think we can definitely all agree that we believe the lineup was definitely going to be the strength of this team. Once again, it's over the past several years, it has been historically been a top five offense in baseball. And to see literally only two Boston starters hitting anywhere close to acceptable numbers has been just tough. Devers Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, they're doing their thing. But nobody else is is doing anything to help out. And it, it's been a pain at times. It's It's been a true pain at times. DS, give me your thoughts. What, what have been your initial takeaways so far? Yeah, it's uh, they've just seemed uninspiring, like overall. And like, obviously, the offense is, I think, the, the like the main issue right now. And you have guys underperforming big time story obviously having a bit of a struggle getting adjusted um, over here. And that's tough. I mean, that just makes things on your lineup harder, puts more pressure on guys like Bogey and Devers. Um, and it's hard. And, you know, you're not always going to get guys overachieving like they did. Uh, some did last year, like Kike. Um, you know, some guys are going to sort of regress to the mean. But I think, you know, the pitching overall has been – a nice little bright spot, um, I guess, because it just feels like it's pulling teeth with this offense, trying to get any sort of um, offense uh, manufactured or any sort of, you know, run scored. Like, I just feel like you go into a game and you're like, you pray they can get three, you know, and and, and that's it's a tough place to be um, with this kind of lineup, so... Yeah. And I think it's, it just more so the consistency. Like we saw last night in the the opener against the Braves, they explode for six runs right off the bat in the first two innings. Devers hits a grand slam and they attack in some insurance runs in the ninth and they, they win a game with nine runs. You get a good enough pitching. Whitlock wasn't spectacular, but he's been nails this year. 
and it was good enough for the win. Bullpen did a really good job late in the game, only one run allowed, and you're looking like a team that you should be. But it's just been the consistency and putting it all together, game in and game out, and we need to see more of that going forward. Let, let's uh, let's start with with the pitching. That's I think that's been one of the bright spots, specifically the the starting rotation. Now, currently we're we're dealing starting to deal with with injuries to the, to the rotation. You you had Michael Walker who was pitching fantastically was looking like another great signing by, by Heim and as well as Rich Hill, who was giving you some solid, solid innings uh, as a, as a starter at age 42. But uh, those two are now both out. Chris sales injury has apparently hit a snag. His he's hit a, he's hit a snag in his rehab process and that's going to delay his return. It, it's starting to pile up on the starting pitcher front. And I, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but if, if they're not able to at least turn the bats around quickly, if the injuries keep piling up, this is, it's going to be tough for the pitching to maintain the level of performance that it's been going forward. Uh, DR, give me, give me your thoughts on the starting pitching rotation. Uh, I, I think Nate of all the, um, continues to impress that was a contract that i think when the, at the time that dave dombrowski made it you know seemed to be a little onerous especially with the early injury but um he has turned into more than the red sox i think could have hoped for at the time of the signing so um props to him and um he's really kind of the ace of the staff right now uh, and he deserves that title pavetta unfortunately um couldn't continue his his momentum from last year he's just simply not been good this year um to this point um, 0-4 on the games that, that he started, um, or that's his win-loss record at least, but um, the ERA is north of six, just not very good at all. Um, not fun <laughs> to watch, no command, um, and it seems like the curveball has, has lost a step. Uh, Mike Waka, he's been, I think, a really good signing behind him, um, and that one's panned out. I know he's uh, are hurt right now, um, or is it COVID? He's down for something, but um, he's been great um, and you know a real bright spot. I think Tanner Houck has some stuff to figure out. Uh, he's he's not polished enough with his third pitch right now. Um, and you'll see that um, when he doesn't have control on his fastball, uh, it's going to be a tough day for him. So right now, I think he's still mostly a two-trick pony. He's done some work on that third pitch, but um, we'll see what what happens. I think he's very much going to be dependent on, you know, if he can continue to develop at the major league level. Um, the numbers, I think, on Rich Hill aren't as ugly as how I feel watching Rich Hill. Cause man, I hate watching Rich Hill. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, really soft thrower old. I, I get that he's just filling a spot right now, but um, man, I mean, when he's bad, he's real bad. Um, he is coming off one of his best starts. So props to him for that, I guess. But um, this is a rotation that I think on paper looks a little rough to me, um, but to this point has produced better than I thought that they would. Yes. I mean, if you look at the the six starters that they've kind of rolled with to this point, uh, mo- they've been using mostly a five-man rotation, but with injuries popping up here and there, it, it's basically been six guys that they've leaned on. Uh, like you said, four of those six have actually performed very well. Sub-three ERAs, uh, whips right around one, if not below one like solid production all around. I think the one concerning thing, and I know this is an early season nitpick, uh, but the sort of pitches per start that they've been throwing, they, they haven't been able to go deep in the games. And I know it, with guys like Waka and Tanner Hoop that though, and especially Rich Hill, you're not trying to have them go a hundred pitches a start, especially early in the season, because things will eventually, they'll eventually wear down. Injuries will pop up as we've already seen with Waka. As you mentioned, he had a a lat strain. I believe it was some sort of core abdomen injury. And it, it, it was only some soreness, but the team out of abundance of caution, given Waka's injury history, they did not want to take any chances there. So he went, to a quick IL-10 trip. 
but I think if you can get Pavetta to turn things around, then that gives me a lot of hope that the rotation could sustain itself. You're going to have, we're going to have to wait and see on who, like you said, DR with, with him bouncing around between the starting rotation, the bullpen. Now he's, now he's being added back to the rotation due to injury. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna take some time for him to build up that arm strength again, as he had been just a, a couple inning guy in the bullpen. And so he's going to need to get stretched out. He couldn't even make it out of the third inning in his first start back in the rotation against the White Sox a couple of days ago. I think what I want to address next is, and stick on the pitching side of things is the bullpen. And specifically, the complete and utter lack of a closing pitcher. Now, this, this could be a result of the fact that they didn't really know what to use Garrett Whitlock as. He kind of was just that, that, that just any situation you needed to get out of it, Garrett Whitlock, go for it. He'll get you out of that jam. He'll get you another inning or two if need be. And he can get you, lock it down in the ninth as well. But now he's, he's been transitioned into the starting rotation. And I definitely want to get your guys' thoughts on that. But with the team having blown a league high nine saves already to this point, which is twice the amount of any other team in the league. Are, are we starting to get concerned here that we a do not have a closer and B will not have anyone that is capable of doing so this season. DS, give me your thoughts on the bullpen and the state of the closer situation for the Red Sox. Yeah, I just want to say real quick, I agree largely with uh, the rotation stuff. Um, not much to like add there on my end, but um, I just hope that one of Hauk or Pavetta ends up working out, even if they're back end. Um, I would hate to see both of those guys see, you know, kind of have a little bit of success how they did last year and then kind of flame out. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope one of them pans out. But anyways, for the bullpen, I hope they – keep or they they put Whitlock in the bullpen and that's like his role I want him to be the Andrew Miller type of guy we saw what that could do for a team like Cleveland back when they utilized him like that or the Yankees what have you but I like that kind of guy in the bullpen especially if your starters aren't really going into the seventh and eighth inning ever really all that often um I think that guy is super valuable in the bullpen and it also begs to question, like, if Sale can give you anything or James Paxton when they're good and ready, then you start to fill out a little bit better with Evaldi at the top and, say, Waka and hopefully Hauk or Pavetta, whatever. But I don't think you should keep – or I don't think you should utilize Whitlock in the rotation. I think the bullpen is where he could be his – his impact could be felt the most, I think. And you would be able to be a lot more versatile there. Um, and I also don't think the rest of their bullpen is all that strong. Like you said, Ryan, no closer. Like Matt Barnes just like fell off the face of the earth in terms of being a good reliever. Like he just, he sucks. I, and it, it's, it's horrible to, to see. I mean, like, I feel like that guy just, fell off completely like just dropped so quick and they could really use a guy in the ninth that you could kind of hang your hat on and you can't hang your hat on any of these guys ryan brazier nope carter crawford i just haven't seen enough you know jake diekman you, you just don't know it's like a tryout every other you know game out there for that role and i hope they figure it out but some, I mean, I just feel like they would have to bring somebody else in down the line to to really fill out that role because I don't think they have anyone there can, that can or will fill it as of right now. Yeah, right now it feels like Hansel Robles is the best bet for closer with Whitlock being utilized in the rotation. But as we saw, I mean, in his most recent outing against the White Sox, uh, or at least the one that I most recently saw, blown save. And it, it just feels like the story of the season. DR, give me your thoughts on the bullpen and the closer situation. Yeah, I think 
I mean, the bullpen is, is a mixed bag. You've got some guys, I think, that have, for the most part, um, been steady and been good. And, and people I'd put in that category would be, you know, Matt Strom, I think, has been um, good. Um, I would put Hansel Robles, Whitlock, when he's there. I think Austin Davis has been better than expected. Um, Ryan, uh, Ryan Brazier, I'm not thrilled about that guy, but the numbers aren't bad with him. Um, and he can show up when needed. So I think those are some people that I think are good. Some people that I think have been really drags for, for and, and really dragged down this bullpen. Phillips Valdez just stopping good. Matt Barnes, uh, you know, I like, we do like to talk about a lot of good high and blue moves. And I think that there are some really good moves to talk about. Um, and, and there are some other ones that I think don't get talked about enough that are, that are kind of bad. And, um, that's to, to this point that Matt Barnes signing just simply does not look good. Whereas, you know, you look at Garrett Whitlock, the money, how they lock that guy up, that contract looks great, especially if they can stick him in the rotation and he stays in the rotation, the mm-hmm. money that he'll get paid will be really, really good for this team. Um, I think that, you know, Cutter Crawford, it was a guy that I was really high on simply the stuff is good, but he just, it looks like he doesn't trust it. I mean, he's just walking guys, just not throwing competitive pitches when he gets into trouble. Um, so I think you know, he has been really bad so far. There are two young guys that have come up. Uh, John Schreiber uh, recently came up. Um, my source in the, uh, the Woo Sox, um, <laughs> Lil B, is actually pretty high on him. And, um, you know, I think if you look at him and like Tyler Danish, I wonder with some of these younger guys coming up, and I, I wouldn't give up on Cutter Crawford. You know, maybe he should go down, um, you know, ahead of like John Schreiber or somebody like that. But um, there are, I think, some younger guys here who deserve a good opportunity. Um, and right now the poster guy at this point in the season, granted very early in small sample size, um, would be John Schreiber. He's somebody that I think that I would like to see get some run, get some real chances above a guy like Sour Moore, who's just bad. And I don't think um, I don't think that he has the ceiling or potential that a guy like John Schreiber has for this year in the future. So um, we'll see how they play it. I'd like to see... Um, some of those young guys get some run and, and get some time and get some real chances. Yeah. The thing with Salamora is he just hasn't had the swing and miss stuff. I mean, only seven strikeouts in 12 games. You, you really don't like to see that from a reliever. You, you, I know not every reliever that you bring in is going to have electric stuff, high velocity stuff, but uh, he, for his, his just lack of swing and miss stuff this year has been a little bit concerning. And I, I do like what I saw from Schreiber. The other night, I believe he pitched the ninth inning uh, against the Braves last night and through five outings, no earned runs. So, I, I mean, you have to like what you've seen so far. He already has a save in, in a hold in the bag. Uh, so he's look, he's definitely looked promising uh, in his short time up on the big league roster. Um, I, I, I have to agree with what you said there. There have definitely been guys, VR, that – have definitely performed the stats, at least, or at least the stats are saying that it just doesn't feel like the bullpen has been as great with all the blown saves. And I think that's, that's, that's not fair to the bullpen as a whole. It's it just the fact that nobody has been able to consistently lock down games in the ninth has kind of just put a, a black hole, uh, uh, sort of master shadow over the bullpen being, I think a, a solid, spot for this team to this point i don't have any massive gripes it just feels like with the lack of of any sort of closer reliable closer that it just feels like the bullpen is struggling when really it's not it has not been a terrible or a a weak spot for this team yeah i think i saw pda tweeted out the other day that the red sox have had played the most games that were decided by one run um, and when you're just playing all these close games, especially when you get to the end, um, the bullpen is going to be a big factor. And when your team isn't going to put up runs, you know, especially late uh, and with runners on, um, then pressure's on the bullpen. And, you know, unfortunately, I, I think as, as, as okay and as good as they have been, you know, good, not great. Um, they're going to be the highlight when you're in those close games. And that's what people are going to remember. Um but I mean, like we talked about earlier, really the big issue here is that this team is just not hitting. Um, they're not hitting at really at all or, or even close to their potential. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get into our thoughts on how the lineup has, has panned out so far, I do want to get your thoughts on a point DS brought up. 
DR. Do you feel Garrett Whitlock should be a guy that sticks in the rotation once the starters are finally healthy? We get the likes of Chris Sale back. Or, or do you think he, like he said, he should be a guy that's kind of head leading the charge out of the bullpen? I would prefer to see him in the rotation. I think hindsight's 2020. And I agree that if Whitlock had been um, used in the, the bullpen to this point, uh, the Red Sox would have a better record. I, I, I firmly believe that, that is true. But I also think that from a, this year from a team building perspective and also from, I guess, really the concerns that I have about this rotation over the, the course of the season, you know, Rich Hill, the second, old, second oldest player in the MLB behind, like, I think just Albert Pujols, um, you know, how many innings can he really give you? How healthy is he going to stay? You know, you're already seeing stuff with um, some of the other guys, you know, James Paxson and Chris Sale. Honestly, whatever those guys give this year to me, I'm not really counting them in for this year. Um I know they should be coming back, but from the injuries they're coming back from, usually that first year back is not all that great. So I think that for this year, I would like to see him um, in the starting rotation. Again, hindsight's twenty twenty. to this point. If he had been in the bullpen, I think this team's record's better. Mm-hmm. All right, DS, give me your thoughts on the hitting aspect of the team so far. I know the lineup, we've kind of discussed how it's seemingly outside of the guys with last names, Bogarts, Deverts, and Martinez has been underwhelming to say the least. Uh, but give me, give me your thoughts on the lineup. Who, who, who has stood out to you? And if there's any specific play that you think has been a disappointment or just thoughts in general, honestly, on the hitting side of things. I mean, in, in perspective of what, like, the bottom half of the team is doing, JBJ is not your biggest, like, problem. And that's something I thought, like, for the first, like, I don't know, couple weeks, I, I, I thought he was. Like, oh, typical JBJ, why are we starting him? Like, why is there not a better option? Like, whatever. He's been a little bit brighter than I would have thought, at least in that regard. Um, you know, can't really shake him too much he is what he is and he's not he's not the worst right now um but obviously story huge bummer right now that's like that is the most glaring uh the most obvious uh i know he had a a couple hits last night but he he needs to be better and i know it might take some time it might take the whole year i don't know but uh he has to be better um and then I think besides that, nothing has really stuck out too, too much other than that they need to inject something into this lineup in terms of whether you call up Casas at some point. I don't know when that is, when that is totally appropriate. DR might have a better insight to that than me. Um, But I just think you need something like Duran. You know, we've seen him up here. He obviously still needed uh, some time down in Worcester. Um, so like I got like Casas who could play first base for you and could inject maybe another big bat into this lineup. You know, I'm not saying you have to bat him, you know, second or anything like that, but something, um, cause I think the lineup is in desperate need for it. Uh, and I know Ryan, you said they need to just be, you know, like they haven't been consistent, right? Like they, they've, they have exploded, but. I don't know. I feel like the overall vibe too of the team and the, and the clubhouse has been a, just a down vibe, you know, going into the season, right? You, you had two publicly outed negotiations that were way far apart with two of your best players. And I think that just human beings out there in the clubhouse, I think that does have a little bit of, you know, maybe a little bit of underlying effect of like, Hey, you know, that much more pressure is on like who knows what's going to happen if things really go off the rails is you know are they going to be sellers like all that like i you know story comes in with pressure he's playing second he probably didn't want to play second on his new contract uh even if it is just for a year so i don't know i i just think we got into the season with a lot of question marks too and maybe that affected them as well i don't know 
DR, give me your thoughts. Yeah. Um, I, I want to echo um, DS's point about JBJ. I think he's a guy that I've um, been on record kind of defending a little bit um, over the years. Um, I, I wouldn't say I'm the biggest JBJ fan. I, I mean, he is what it is. Like TS said, he's not going to be your greatest hitter. I mean, he's a, a solid, definitely, a, definitely well above average um, defender. Um, and right field at Fenway is a little bit harder to play. So I think there is some real benefit to having him out there defensively. Um, and he has, he has regressed up um, after his uh, awful season offensively last year. He's back to, I think, very, you know, not a good hitter, but like a passable hitter at the plate, given what, uh, what else he adds to a team. Um, granted, he's still kind of a pretty crappy hitter. And when you have, all of these other holes, all of these other people um, not hitting at all, um, you're really going to feel the weight of that a lot more than you would um, if this was, say, the 2019 or 2018 Red Sox. Um, you know, running down the line, I think it's easy to pick out the moves, right? Like, what changed since last year? Like, Jackie Bradley Jr., that's a change. Um, look at Trevor Story. I mean, of course, he is just not living up to the potential so far. Um, I've seen the Carl Crawford analogies from, um, both Meldenoff sports, former cool zone, um, before that podcast died rip, um, Jonathan calls him Carl Crawford. I, I've seen articles about it too, as well. Uh, I would really pump the brakes on those. I think those are just not going to be accurate. And yeah, people who say that will have their foot in their mouth. Um, there's too many years of Trevor story being a good baseball player to say that after a month and a half um, of joining a new team, joining a new environment. Yes, you got a slow start. I think baseball is also a mental game. Um, and people talk about, you know, getting sort of in a hangover when they join a new team. There's a ton of pressure on them, especially in a town like Boston, which is known for being um, a ton of pressure. He's definitely just in his head. He's too good of a baseball player, even if you factor in the, the course field effect and whatever other negative things you want to say about um, his transition to, to Boston hurting him. Um, he's too good and he, he he might not be a stud, but he is just simply not this bad at baseball. Um, Verdugo, hot start, absolutely falling off, and that has been a killer. Um, Kike Hernandez, um, for as much as I, I think last year was a home run for High and Bloom. You know, he really needs to pick it up. He's hitting like one seventy or something like atrocious. Um, even the depth pieces, like. I remember a time when Christian Roy or Kevin Ploiecki, like they, when they got their chances, they would, you know, maybe not play all the time, but they made the most of them. Even a guy like Jonathan Aruz, like just nobody is doing anything at all. And this team is dying for some help. Um, and so um, again, outside of those top three, you just have all these holes. Um, Cassius, I don't have any inside when he's coming up. Um, I know that I am Bloom spoke recently about it and said, you know, we're not going to rush that just because the major league team is struggling. We need to do right by our players, which indicates to me, it's probably not going to be for a bit. Um, in conjunction with that, I think the Red Sox have something like eight right-handed starting pitchers coming up in a row, um, which bodes well for a guy like Franchi Cordero. You know, he's going to get some consistent playing time over the next week and a half uh, and really kind of get like a shot here. Um, again, I wouldn't hold my breath for a guy like Franchi Cordero, but um, can he be better than Bobby has been to this point or, or certainly Travis Shaw? Um, yes, I think that's on the table. I think he's shown better plate discipline. Um, and, and, and my final point is this isn't specifically about this, this, um, lineup, but another move, I think that Heinblum should really be getting a lot of negative credit for, um, Andrew Benatendi is hitting like three thirty or something over in the Royals, been an yes. absolute monster, um, that's a guy that the team gave up on. He changed his swing. He, he, you know, Benny biceps, all that, that stuff, Benny legs, Benny butt cheeks, because he changed his swing. He put on weight. He was trying to hit more home runs um, with the long launch angle revolution. And the Royals got him back and they said, no, 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 let's just go back to what you were. Let's, let's be true to yourself. And guess what? He's back to being an absolute stud. And I don't care that he's redundant. He's a left-hand hitting outfielder, just like for Dugo. So they're the same. No, fuck that. I don't care that they're redundant. Those stats are not redundant, and this team is dying for somebody to be able to do that. Um, so I think that's that's one that you can hammer high and bloom on. Yes, he's made some really good moves, but I'll pump the brakes. I, you know, I think everything in moderation. I'm not like this team isn't done and this team isn't screwed and blow it up. But high and bloom isn't isn't perfect, and I think that I think that there needs to be just some some moderate conversations about both. Hard thing to do in, in Boston.
but yeah, I, I, I would uh, definitely welcome a return of Benny biceps if that were ever to be in the cards, but uh, given his play for the Royals, I don't think Kansas city is ever going to let uh, him loose uh, at, at the moment. So uh, that would be a pipe dream. Uh, I, looking at the lineup, I, I think the, the two biggest disappointments, maybe three, I guess, if you really want to call it, I, obviously Trevor story leading the team in strikeouts, barely hitting over the Mendoza line. I, I agree with, with your take on him. DR. I, I think it is definitely a mental thing right now. He's in his own head. You, He's had a history of striking out before. So he's had a, cl- a couple of seasons where he was close to 200 strikeouts. Um, so it's not totally uh, out of his nature to be like this at times, but to see it right off the bat in his Red Sox tenure when most of the lineup is also struggling, it, it feels like it- it's just eccentrifying him even worse. Then you look at, at Kike and his uh, absolute hot postseason run last year. And he only hit 250 in the regular season. And to see him just completely come out the gates ice cold, 168 batting average, it's, it's, it's just been tough up and down the lineup. And then I think the third, the third note is, is Bobby. Uh, we've, as, as you both know, we've had so many discussions in our group chats about whether or not he just needs time is the old adage, whether or not he just doesn't have it, which I don't think is the case. You saw how he performed in the second half of the season last year. He was on par with some of the top first basemen in the league from, from an OPS perspective. I, I, I'm not sure what, what's going on with Dalbeck right now, but he is certainly at with a 148 batting average and being, I think he's second on the team in strikeouts. It, it's definitely something's off with him and he needs to kind of figure that out sooner than later. I don't know if sending him down to the minors is necessarily what is going to do it. Maybe you, you just need to, to platoon him like what you're seeing right now, Frankie Cordero being utilized a bit more as a left-handed bat. Maybe you just, you're just using Dalbeck in specific situations that you feel like he's going to excel more in instead of using him as an everyday first baseman. But at the same time, if you try and do that, perhaps that kind of gets to Dalbeck mentally and that, that affects him. Uh, and, that, and that does the opposite effect that, that only, not only hurts him further. So it, it's going to be tough to say what, to do with certain players on the team like jbj you know what you're gonna get from him you really can't complain like about the fact that he's hitting below 200 because you know he's not a great hitter so honestly what you get from him is 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 fine uh but these these other guys verdugo story kike you you need you need them to step up you've got to have at least at least more than half of your lineup uh they don't have to be on fire, but they've got to be productive. And you're, you're really only getting that from a third of the lineup and it's resulting at a lot of low scoring affairs. And like DR said, with leading the league in one run games, um, it's just, and it's just not resulted well with the closer situation. So it's been a, a, everything has just kind of added up to a whole lot of junk so far. But I do think there is hope. Um, I, I think I, – I don't know if it's just they need some sort of spark. I don't know if they need some sort of defining moment, whether it's a, a walk-off home run or, or, or a, a no-hit performance from somebody. I, I don't know. It, it feels like this team just needs that spark that DS mentioned. The team kind of seems to be lacking in the clubhouse right now. So mm. – so maybe it's as simple as they just need to bring somebody up just to kind of rattle the core and kind of shake things up. I, I, I don't know what it is, but what I, I guess the, what I want to ask you guys next is what, what can the team do? What can Alex Cora and the Red Sox do outside of Cora shaving his beard to, to kind of help this team play better? Is it, is it tweaking the lineup, kind of reshuffling the order? Is, is it giving guys – 
who haven't gotten as many opportunities more so what what can this team do ds to kind of shake the slow start thankfully thankfully cora did shave um <clears throat> maybe that is what they needed um after last night but uh yeah i again i will reiterate when the time is right hopefully not too late casas or whoever else you might think is ready down there in Worcester, bring them up, whoever it is, um, and see what that does. Um, and yeah, maybe shuffle the lineup a little bit. I know Verdugo doesn't like leading off, but like, I don't know, like switch it up, like do something um, with that. You know, I, I'm not saying change, change up like Devers or whatever, but like the guys who are clearly struggling, you have to do something. Um, or move them down or whatever, maybe give them a blow on, you know, lefties here and there for a guy like Verdugo. Um, anything like that, I guess. Uh, I guess if you're Cora, you got to try something because you're last in your division in one of the best divisions, if not the best division in baseball. So you're sinking quick, dude. Like, this is this is quickly becoming a non-season, um, and we're in May. That is bad, very very bad. So I don't know. They have to do something. Dr. I'd like to see Trevor Story not lead off. I think um, you know, put some guys. I know that everyone else, like literally everyone else, is struggling. But um, you know, for him especially, being that big free agent, I just. He, he's just definitely in his head. Um, so get him out of the spotlight, bury him in the lineup a little bit, give him some time to kind of work those things out. Bobby Dahlbeck um, should go down hundred um, percent. I think you see with young prospects when they come up, the book kind of gets out on them a little bit. People find the holes in their games and, you know, the pitchers game plan and pitch to weaknesses. I mean, how many times do we see, um, you know, Devers go through cold streaks because, uh, you know, Devers can't hit the high fastball or, you know, Devers can't hit such and such. I mean, you, you see it with, with guys who come up and, um, that's not what's happening with Bobby Dalbeck. He's putting bad swings on everything. He's just not right. So get him up, put him down. It probably does not help at all that every time he gets up, all of Fenway, you know, as funny as it is, is yelling, Bobby, Bobby. I mean, the whole place gets rocking and it's exciting when you're going hot, but I think he just needs to go work on some stuff. So send him down, let him play some games, let him get some time out of the spotlight and, you know, fix himself a little bit. Uh, and the third thing I'd say is, is what I mentioned earlier about some of these younger guys getting some more run uh, and opportunities out of the bullpen. Um, I know that you're paying Matt Barnes a lot of money, but sadly he's been atrocious. So get him out of there a little bit. Um, you know, Sauermura, I think maybe some not high leverage spots for him. Cause I've definitely seen Sauermura in some high leverage spots when he really didn't need to be. Um, so I think bullpen usage, I, I'd like to see switched up. It's not easy to play some of these young guys coming up um, and put them kind of immediately in some of these tougher spots. Uh, and I get that there are valid reasons against that, but I think that they're starting to earn it, show that they've earned it. So those are kind of the three things that stand out to me. Mm -hmm. Now, I think I'm getting a sense that each of you seem to be a little bit uh, different on the sense of like the panic scale right now. It only, only being a little bit a month, month and a half into the season. Uh, so Diaz, where would you put yourself on the panic scale right now? We'll call it one through 10, one being yeah. not at all. 10 being, ah, crap. This season is toast. This team is terrible. I'm not even, they have no hope. I'd say a firm, a firm seven. Uh, like I'm not saying the season is over, but you know, this team, at least in the last decade, they've had a lot of, you know, those up and down years where they're really good and then they fall down and then they come back and they're nasty again. And I think, you know, this, it's, it's starting to feel like one of those years where they're down. I don't know about, you know, fourth overall pick like 2020 down, but like right now they've just dug themselves in such a huge hole. And I don't know that they've shown us enough that they can dig themselves one out of that hole. And then two into like a playoff contention type of deal, you know, they have until, you know, like 
what, like mid late July to prove that they're not, you know, one sellers and two that they've done enough that, you know, they can invest in the team and trade and try to add a piece or two. But I, uh, yeah, I'd say a firm seven. I just feel like, I feel like I don't trust the lineup to recover the way that they need to. And I don't know if the pitching is going to hold up long enough for them to catch up. Um, so yeah, that's where I stand. So, uh, seems to me like you've got the panic button, the glass case is open and your hand is pretty much hovering right above it, like an inch above it. I'm there. I'm there. Yeah. I'm, I'm in there. Okay. I, I, I don't think I would put myself quite there yet. I think I'm thinking about opening the, the glass case. I'd put myself at like a, a, maybe a three or a four. Like I'm thinking about it just because I did not expect the lineup to be this bad. Uh, but again, there's just way too much season left. And I would be shocked if the, this is what the, the lineup looked like. If we're still talking about the lineup being a weakness come July and August, I, I just, I have to think that the lineup is going to turn things around. And I, I just hope that that doesn't mean when the, by the time the lineup figures it out, that we start to see the pitching kind of go down the tube. That's as, what I'm worried as well. So I, yeah, I, I'm, I am a little worried about that, but I, I can't project that far into the future. I have to think the hitting is going to turn it around and we're going to see got the guys that we expected to be productive in this lineup start to show that. And so I, I would only put myself at a three, three or a four. Um, I would like them to kind of figure out the back end of the bullpen. And I think we've kind of beaten that to a pulp at this point. Uh, but I, I'm not ready to hit the panic button yet. Definitely too early for me. What about you, DR? I, th- I think you're leaning on that way, right? Well, I, I, I go a little bit more. I'd say like five and a half. I mean, they, they have dug themselves a pretty, a pretty decent sized hole. Um, and you know, it, the division is tough. Um, for when even they kind of start to figure it out and, and right the ship a little bit, um, which they will do. Um, because I think, you know, some of the points that you just made, I, I, I do agree with. I mean, there is no way that outside of three hitters, every single person on this team's batting average is a below 225. I mean, that's just, yeah, that's unfathomable. Christian Vasquez is due for some, you know, even if he finishes at like 240, I mean, he's going to go up. He's going to play better. Um, Trevor Story is going to play better. Um, he will finish above 250 with a batting average. You know, maybe the poor start drags him down, but he he will finish a lot higher. Um, Verdugo, he's going to find it. He's just going to. You know, Kike, I don't think is going to be like a stud by any means, but he's not going to hit 168 for the year. That's just not. That's just not who he is, and that's he's better than that. And, and I'd say that for pretty much everyone else down the line, um, they're going to hit more. The question that you know I, I think has real problems is is the the rotation to me. Again, I'm not counting James Backton or Chris Sale this year. Um, if they come back and if they do anything for this team this year, really, then that to me is like a midseason acquisition and, and good for this team. But for now, I think looking at those five, six guys in the rotation, there are injury concerns. Do I think that Rich Hill is going to pitch sub three ERA for the year? No. Um, you know, Evaldi's probably not a 2-9 ERA. He's probably going to be like mid-threes. Pavetta, we'll see. I don't think he's a six ERA, but I think that there are some stuff to be concerned about with that. And they're due for some regression right now to this point, as bad as the record is the rotation and pitching has picked the team up. Um, yeah, not enough, but they have. And um, eventually that's going to go in this rotation and, and pitching in general is going to need the, the offense to pick them up. And, you know, will the offense be up to snuff? People are looking at the record and people are freaking out. Yes. They're in last, but how often do we hear of teams turning it on and going for like a seven and two run? If they did that right now, they'd pretty much be like close to 500. So, and, and that will happen at some point this year. The question is how big of a hole do they dig themselves before that they can get to that? Um, we'll see. Given uh, the new playoff structure, I think there's a chance that they, they you know, a, a, like a, a real chance that they could sneak in still. Um, but there's also a real chance that they miss it. So, mm. I mean, you don't have to look too far back in recent history to see teams that were just took forever to get going and then got hot just in the nick of time. 
look at your defending World Series champion, the Atlanta Braves. They had a sub-500 record uh, late in July post-All-Star game, and they just went nuclear in August and September, and they, despite all the injuries that they suffered, they made a bunch of moves to kind of piece their outfield together to add enough hands in the bullpen and they made it work and they, they kept the momentum going into the playoffs and they channeled it into a championship. Uh, it, it, I, I just think it's, you just saw it. it. It can happen last year. I do think it's a little bit too early to, to get worked up about it. But at the same time, there are so many like glaring weaknesses that, and especially unexpected weaknesses in terms of the, the lineup that I, I understand why so many people would be concerned about the outlook of the season, especially given the fact that the Yankees, the Blue Jays, and the Rays are all as advertised and playing very good baseball to start the season. Yeah, the Blue Jays are kind of hovering just above 500, and both the Rays and Blue Jays have uh, negative run differentials. But, uh, I mean, they they look to be as advertised, and they don't have as many glaring holes or weaknesses or struggles, per se, right now as our Red Sox do. So I'm – it is the toughest division in baseball. And I do think that some other teams, like I, I don't necessarily believe in the angels out in the West, but they're off to a really, really great start. And maybe, maybe it is the year that the angels finally make a postseason push. Um, but uh, there are, there, there is an expanded postseason, but they, they can't just, assume that they're going to figure it out and that they'll be able to sneak in. They, they got to start figuring out things sooner than later. You don't want to wait till the last moment because that puts all the pressure that gives you no room for error in the latter months during the dog days of the season. So I, I think that's, that's where I'm at. I, 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 DR, you kind of gave your, your thoughts on this one about whether or not you think they can and will turn things around. You definitely sound like there is a window. What about you, DS? Do you, do you think they can turn things around? I think they can. I think it's not too late. I do not think they will turn, turn it around. And it's not to say that, like, I, I don't have, like, faith. I just I, – I think it's possible. I just – you know, if I'm like predicting it, I don't think they will do it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. Uh, like, you know, you have like a lot of question marks surrounding the team in general. And, you know, I, I love Cora as a manager. I think, you know, he gets the most out of his guys and that's hard to like say when, you know, the majority of the lineup is underperforming vastly. And, it's tough. It's tough. Like I, I think they're overall just in a bad spot and they're going to be growing through the season for a while. I, 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 I don't think they really find their way out of it um, in time. Cause like, yeah, like that, that Braves team, you know, they obviously caught lightning in a bottle and made changes and all that. I don't think this Sox team is going to be, you know, to the point where they're going to invest in them by, you know, late July. Um, and yeah, the new playoff structure could lend itself to, you know, uh, you know, more of a chance that they could pull it out. But, you know, if I'm just going off my gut, I, I don't think so. I think that it's going to end up being a clunker of a year and I, I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. I do. Mm -hmm. DR, do you want to expand upon your thoughts about whether or not they can or will turn things around? Yeah, I think, um, I do think that the next month and a half is going to be pretty crucial. I mean, if you have a start like this, um, and I think Pete Abe tweeted this out. Um, so, you know, DS, if you want to take a victory lap with this, feel free, but, um, no team that has started this bad has ever made the postseason. That's without the expanded playoff format, but you know, that gives them kind of a little context for, it gives you kind of a little context for, you know, how, how bad that they've started out. Um, they need to start playing 500 ball, if not dig themselves out pretty much tomorrow. Um, and, and for the next month, um, 
if they continue to dig this hole and they do it at the same rate over the next month and a half, um, then I think DS is slam dunk. He's right. This season's probably over. Um, almost certainly over. So they need to figure it out. Um, and it's, it's the lineup. And I mean, the good news is most teams that start this cold are your perennial Orioles. Um, you know, you're absolutely just trash can teams. Uh, and I don't think that's what this team is. Um, you know, Vasquez is, he can hit, um, Trevor story. He can hit Alex Rodrigo. He can hit Kike. We've seen, he's not this bad. So they've got guys, they've got people who can be better. Um, there is some help coming, um, from the minor leagues, um, in the form of Cassius when he does come up and he will come up this year. Um, I think some of the, the, the younger guys, if there are injuries to the rotation, you might see a guy like Josh Winkowski or Connor Seabolt, who I think both will be fine. Um, you know, not studs, but, but fine for, for coming up. Um, and, and some of these younger, you know, bullpen pieces we talked about, but this next month and a half is going to be crucial and they need to start digging themselves out or at least pay, playing 500 ball. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's as simple as that. The hitting's got to turn things around. You got to hope that the pitching can maintain itself at least until the hitting gets, gets hot. And then you, they, I don't know whether you just, go out and get a rental to to lock in the closer the closer gig for the year or what but you've got to figure out the ninth inning situation you've got to figure out who's going to be the guy to to shut things down when you need to, to somebody to shut the door on a close game because they just haven't been able to figure it out it's been a complete revolving door and i that that's going to continue to cost them games uh, especially if if they're continually playing in these close ball games. So that those, those are the big things for me. Um, so I think that's going to do it here. Uh, do you guys have any final thoughts before we call this one a wrap? Oh, uh, just one last final thought. I think uh, Pete Abe tweeted this. Uh, um, this Red Sox team has a worse start than the 2012 Bobby V uh, Red Sox. I just throw that in there. Pain. Yeah, that yeah. that 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 doesn't that that hurts. Yeah, just a little little salt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I guess I, it, just not even for the season or just under the high and bloom error, if and when the Red Sox are in a position that they add at the deadline, it it's not going to be what you would expect from a non high and bloom team. You're going to get your Austin Davises. You're going to get your Hansel Robles. You know, even Kyle Schwarber was a little bit of a project. So. Don't expect those kind of, you know, big name additions. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. I think that's going to do it for this edition of Fixing the Talk Sports. I'm sure I'll have you guys back on to talk some socks in mm-hmm. about them. Uh, we'll call it another month, month and a half. We'll see where we're at at the midway point of the season. But right now, it's not looking good for our Red Sox. So hopefully, in the meantime, they will turn things around. But for Dan Roach and Dan Sadik, I'm Ryan Brown. We will see you guys next time.